As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your high state podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landis, joined by Ari Wasserman. I am in a hotel room in the great city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ari is at his home in Dallas. And Ari, I gotta know, you did your 24-hour fast with Andy Staples. What was the first thing you shoved down your gullet when it was over? I had a Chipotle scheduled like four hours before the show started to arrive at 12.10. Details, you know how you can do that on Uber Eats? Details, man. Details. Like what was- I just got the, uh, the, the Chipotle bowl. With rice, uh, double meat, corn, hot the hot chili salsa, um, a little sour cream, little chi. You know, it's a big Chipotle bowl. It's it's a hefty feast for sure. I'm a little I'm a little surprised that's the direction you tried to go. Were you were you trying to keep it healthier, even though you were smashing? Yeah, I'm trying. Twenty four hours. I'm trying to not be. A blimp when I get married in May. <laughs> so, like, I, um, if it were up to me, I would have had Domino's cheesy bread right. on the way. Right. But Uber Eats has the way that you can schedule it, and most of the stuff either doesn't travel well or isn't reliable. And it's like Chipotle is like right up the street. And, it, and I don't even know if I ever pronounced that restaurant right. I say Chipotle and Chipotle. And I don't know which As long as you don't say Chipotle, I think we're good. Chipotle. Um, and you can schedule it. So I was like, I'm going to be doing this podcast for the last hour. Chipotle sounds really good. 
I'll schedule it. It'll be here when I'm done. I'll go downstairs. And like when I was on the podcast, I walked downstairs and it was at my front door. It's great. So it was, uh, it was very, very satisfying. And I also like put triple meat on it. So like I, I, I really, uh, was able to do it. So, um, if I, but if you're asking me if that's the perfect thing to eat, no, I would have, yeah. I would have rather had a pie waiting there for me. Right, right. No, I respect it. I respect it. It's, it's yeah. you got to shredding. It's shredding satisfying, for the wedding, you know? but also not awful. Yeah. Did you put the whole it thing It wasn't down? the healthiest thing in the world. No, actually I was, it was only half and I was full. Yeah. I think that's what happens when you get like overly hungry. I think your stomach shrinks and you can't eat as much as you think you can. It's like after you eat, um, after you eat like the first half, it's just like you're like stuffed. And then I went and worked out and then I had a little bit later. So, uh, it was okay. Yeah. It worked out okay, and we say we, we. I mean, we raised almost nine thousand bucks. Great uh, for feeding America. So if you donated, um, or you're one of the people who donated, we appreciate it. And I thought it was really cool to do something different and uh, try to help some people out. And the funniest thing about it is, is me not eating. I think is probably the biggest sacrifice I can make. So uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. I've been I've been eating my face off since I got to Philly a few days ago, so I think it's yeah uh, I know. And I asked for <clears> pictures <throat> of every meal, and I've gotten zero. So I'm just I'm done with you. Well, I forgot I, I forgot the, the pizza yeah. on the first night. Uh, we're going yeah. we're going to uh, what is what is considered a uh, a pretty uh, highly regarded pizza place on Thursday night, and uh, I'll be sure to send you pictures from that. Is it like a sit down place where you order and have a table and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's uh you know the guy. Uh, we will talk about Ohio State football, by the way, in this podcast. I promise you. Uh, the guy from uh, what's the Aziz Ansari show on Netflix? Uh, Master of None. Yeah, the, like the big guy who's like his best friend in that show. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, he uh, he always tweets about, or posts pictures on Instagram of this pizza place in Philadelphia, and that's the place we're going to on Thursday night. I'm really excited about it. Okay, and you've never been there before. Never been. No. Okay, excited. It's to, the kind of place see. where you have to make a reservation, and then when you make your reservation, you have to give them your credit card number because if you back out of your reservation, they charge you fifty dollars because that's how busy they are. If you waste their time, they charge you fifty bucks. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I want to see the eye test. The guy's yeah, name is I'll Arnold. The, yeah. Show. I'll, I'll I don't know posting, what his real name is. I'll be posting some stuff on uh, on Twitter too, probably because I can't help myself, and I like I like to get okay. the, I like to get the likes as well. You know what I mean? It's called yeah. It's all about the clout. It's all about clout. All right. Uh, listen, it's a uh, it's a holiday week, and and I think I was telling Ari before we started recording. I feel like the last few episodes we've done have been just like listing myriad things that are wrong with Ohio State or things that can be improved, and I've had a little bit of a a slant to them that I think has been a little uh, I don't know I don't know what the right word is. Maybe maybe a little bit of a downer, but I get it. I get it. You know, it's kind of it's kind of where the team is. I think, but AKA already had a meltdown. Yeah, yeah, already. yeah. So we're we're gonna try yeah. to avoid meltdowns this week, and and we're gonna do some of your questions, and I think try to keep it a little more a little more fun. There's some there's some non OSU questions in here, but but some some OSU questions as well that I think hopefully would leave you more excited about where the team is and going rather than you know questioning every little move that the team makes so um we got them from the email four to six ab at gmail.com we got them off of twitter we got them off of uh the athletic some people who submitted questions for the written mailbag i wrote this week that didn't quite make it there we're, we're taking some here as well the athletic.com slash four dash six is where you can subscribe there if you ever want to submit questions that way so all right what do you say we dive into some of these questions okay let's do it buddy all right first one is from dave Grothouse on twitter uh, if Ohio State's team this year was a fast food eatery, which one would it be, and what's the potential for next year's team? I think it's McDonald's. This year's McDonald's. 
Yeah, I mean, was it this past year or the program? This season. It was yeah, yeah. this season yeah. is McDonald's. Whereas I believe it is the best or one of the best fast food restaurants. Super reliable, has traits like the fries are undeniably the best in fast food, the way that Ohio State's receiving core was. Mm-hmm. Um the Coke is is on point. But every now and then when you go there, you get a dud of a meal. You know, oh, sometimes good, when yeah. you order the filet yeah. fish sandwich, it comes out and the bun isn't soft and and fresh the way it is 98% of the time. Sometimes the sandwiches are dry. Sometimes the fries are old and aren't as good. And I think Ohio State had a few games where they, they handed out a dud of a meal. But the thing I like about McDonald's is if you want fish or chicken or a burger, they've got a good option for all of them. They're they're versatile. They've got a good dessert. They've got a good breakfast. I mean, they've got everything. They might not have the only thing that they undeniably have the best of is the fish sandwich and the fries, <laughs> which are un. Or I mean, nobody orders the fish sandwich. I don't think, unless there's like a silent, silent army like me that's just afraid to admit it. Right. Um, but everybody knows, and I think agrees that their fries are the best when you when they're done right. Yeah. Ohio State had a position group that was undeniably the best. Um, they had other things that were niche best, you know, and they just had a few dud games and they had a few bad meals. But the thing about the versatility is, is that Ohio State's good everywhere. And at McDonald's, like, you know, we had a huge in and out discussion. It's like in and out is good at one thing. You know what I mean? Like in and out is really, really good. But if you don't like burgers or you don't want a burger that day, then in and out serves you no purpose. Whereas McDonald's, if they're good at a lot of places like Ohio State, then they're more versatile and they're more likely to be best all around. That said, you can get a dud of a meal and a dud of a game. So I think McDonald's is the perfect answer for this. It's interesting because I, I, I think I'm like in, a, in a different frame of mind for you actually said my answer. My answer for what they were this year was in and out because they only did one thing well. I think that that's fair. Yeah. And like the thing they did well, they did exceedingly well. And I think I think in and out does does the burger very well. Con, you know, contrary to what people might think about me based off things I've said previously on this podcast. I think that in no, and you out, just think that the Wendy's burger is better than what in and out. That's right. But they're both good burgers. Um, and okay. I think and I think that in and out is is known and world renowned for its burger. And I think that's that's Ohio State's passing attack. And I think, you know, that that's the one reliable thing I think that you could kind of bank on no matter what with Ohio State. But but it didn't really bring much else to the table. Um, but when I was thinking ahead, I was trying to think of like what I think it could be next year. And then I sort of started to fall more in line with what you were just saying about the, the versatility of things and, uh, or, or having multiple strengths that can show up kind of, you know, in different spots, depending on what you're looking for or what, what that week brings. Um, I went with cookout, which I know is not like a, a local, uh, delicacy for many Ohio state fans. It's more of a Southern based chain, but man, that is an expansive menu. They do a lot of things well. Um, I've never really gone there and had a bad time, and I feel like I've gotten a different thing every time I've gone there. And I feel like that's this Ohio State team next year, if it maximizes its potential, can be the kind of team that can kind of beat you in different ways and, and be versatile in that way and bring different things to the table. Yeah, I think that uh, both ways when you when you frame it are um, are definitely good. You know, I, the thing that I – would say about Ohio State this year is, is that you have to account for sometimes when you leave fast food restaurants, you're disgusted or you're not happy with the way things went. Mm-hmm. And McDonald's 
has tend to put me in that position every now and then. Whereas, like, sometimes the meal's great and super, super satisfying and you love it. Uh, but the two times out of 11 that you go, or 12 that you go, it might not be the greatest experience. And that's kind of what I felt like Ohio State season was. So, like, I, yeah. I like the way you, you put that. Um, the thing that I would push back on a little bit with in and out is that it only has, like, one thing on the menu. Yeah, I thought about so it's that, just like too. If, if, yeah. if, if it, so, it's just like... At Wendy's, you're like, I'd rather go to Wendy's than, than In-N-Out. And if your answer for that is, I like chicken sandwiches, I like nuggets, I like this or that, you know, then I can understand that because In-N-Out doesn't serve those things. Um, but, yeah, In-N-Out's burgers undeniably better. Okay. I was trying to think what what could be the fast food equivalent of, like, the uncertainty that's surrounding Ohio State's defense a little bit. And maybe that's the McDonald's thing where you know that like every now and then you can go there and get a dud of a meal. And it's like, well, they got a new coordinator. No one really knows what the thing's going to look like. Maybe there could be some growing pains and there's growing pains. I think, the new, I think the new coordinator, I think you could make a case, is like Wendy's new fries. Oh. Where it's like you, you're trying something new. Um, and in Wendy's case, it flopped. Um, so I don't know if that's a great thing because you want to expect that it won't. Um, but maybe like a new menu item. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't mind Wendy's new fries. I was an idiot and tried them. And I didn't even finish them. <clears throat> they're not. I think they're better than their old ones, but they're they still don't. So is looking dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah, they don't. They still don't hold up to a fresh McDonald's fry though. Though a few things do. It's like I think it's hilarious because like Andy's staples whole thing is that In and Out's fries suck, and I'll give it to you like if you don't like. I like. I actually like them. But I can understand why people won't or don't. So, like, I'll never, like, be like, you're an asshole for not. Like, if you say you don't like an In-N-Out's burger, I think you're an asshole. If you say <laughs> you don't like their fries, I think that's reasonable. That said, I think In-N-Out's fries are better than Wendy's fries. And I think their burgers are better than their burgers. Hmm. Agree. Do you think that Wendy's fries are better than In-N-Out's burgers? I mean, or sorry, Wendy's fries are better than In-N-Out's fries? No, I think they're both kind of average. Yeah. Also, like, the animal style thing. And I've never been one for... For cheese on my fries, I never do it, but I've had it before and it's it's delicious. The animal so style like you, makes it makes it more palatable for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into uh, more of a of a straightforward football question uh, from Sean P. He sent this in uh, via the Athletic. Uh, the bowl game, Rose Bowl game, coming up January first. Uh, feels like it's coming at a very strange time for Ohio State. On one hand, Utah seems exactly like the sort of team that Ohio State has struggled with, but it also feels like the deeper changes that we're expecting to see on defense really won't be seen until next year. Uh, what sort of things can we realistically look at to see if the issues from this year might be showing signs of improvement? Like not getting knocked yeah. around for <laughs> for four quarters, I think is is probably the the number one answer there. Like, and it's not like there's nothing really like schematic about it. I don't think. I just think like the last time we saw Ohio State play, they got pushed around on both sides of the wall for an entire game, and and the last time they played a team of this quality before that was the Oregon game where I feel like it was kind of much of the same. So I think it's as simple as that. Like those Ohio state show up, show up, show up in a way where they're not getting punched in the mouth repeatedly and lose a game in the same fashion. They lost to Michigan and Oregon. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Are people like are we going into this game like trying to break it down like what are we what are we going to do or you know what is Ohio State going to do from a tactical standpoint and all that sort of thing it's just like I don't find that interesting at all it's like even if they lose you know it's just like it sucks but the season's lost so to me when I read this question I think the same thing that you said I think can this team just have some pride because we know that they're more talented than Utah by a long shot. Mm-hmm. But we also know that Utah is probably Michigan light. You know, and in my opinion, if you ran back the Michigan game and Ohio State played harder, I think Ohio State would have probably been able to win that game. You know, and they didn't deserve to win. And, and you know, frankly, happy that they lost as a result of the effort they put out. But against Utah, it's just like they should win this game easily. So will they have... Pride in winning the Rose Bowl. Will people, you know, hit harder? Will they run faster? Will they not get blown off the ball every play? It's like that to me seems like that would be the number one key here. And yeah. I don't know who's going to play and not going to play. But to me, I don't know, like, if you buy this sort of thing. And I remember when you and I and Doug were working together at Cleveland.com, we always, at the end of the year, we covered like five bowl games together. We'd always, you know, have a video on the field after the game and say, what does this game mean for next year and going into the off season. Like we tried to come up with like some sort of um like takeaway or prevailing thought from whatever the game was. And it's just like, do you buy that? Do you think like Ohio State has to win to feel good about themselves all off season? Or do you feel like I mean I, I think they're gonna win. I, I don't know. Um but I feel like next year's off season is going to be defined by one thing, regardless of what happens in this game, and that's getting your butt kicked by Michigan. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I actually picked them to lose in our bowl picks that we did because um, I had to make a pick like last week, and I wasn't feeling particularly good about Ohio State then. Um, so, like you know, I'll stick to that. I, I think for all the reasons that that are, that are obvious, um, it is weird because I think I think naturally you'd want to look at that side, the defensive side, and say like, okay, what's happening in this game that that means there's going to be improvement next year, but. Then a new coordinator is coming in, and like the picture of what the defense could look like could totally change, and like who plays because of that could totally change because there's fresh eyes coming in and looking at the defense. So I, I'm not sure you even take too much from it that way. I, I will say if you're like looking for some more specific things than just generally like like do you show up ready to play and not get pushed around and have some pride, um, I, I do think the linebackers almost all of whom I think will, will be back next year. Like the way they play, I think could be interesting because I, I did think against Michigan like those those guys clearly didn't have their best game or defensive line didn't have their best game, but um, they were like offensive linemen from Michigan getting up to the second level and really taking linebackers out of the play and just driving them back and moving them wherever they wanted them to. And I, I didn't think those guys on Ohio state side had, had much pushback. So if that's different in this game and steel chambers was talking about some of that, when we talked to players last week, I, I think that could be one thing to look out for in this game, but it's like, I don't know if the defensive line plays better, but it's like, Tyreek Smith and Antoine Jackson and Haskell Garrett if he plays like none of those guys are gonna be back next year anyway so I'm not totally sure how much how much you would take for that from that moving forward but I I think maybe if you're trying to find something valuable to hold on to moving into next year I I think linebacker is probably the one place I would look uh, in this game against Utah 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, like the one thing that I would say is, you know, obviously you play a game to win Herm Edwards style, you know. Mm. But I would be very interested to see, like, a are there going to be any opt outs? It doesn't seem like have there, have there have I missed one? There have not been any announced yet, but there are. I I think there are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So what we said a few weeks ago on the pod, right? The uh, young guys, who's going to come up and you know make a, a statement or, or provide a flash, give you something to think about and write about and, you know, project off into the off season to feel good about, you know? Yeah. And I think that winning the Rose Bowl, though, doesn't have uh, – like, if I were an Ohio State fan, I would rather lose a playoff game than win the Rose Bowl. Like, that's just the way I view mm-hmm. the, the sport, and some people might disagree with that. But I do think winning the Rose Bowl is still a thing. So, yeah, you know, you so. want to win that game and you want to feel good about yourself, and there's no better place, like – I know that for you, you'd probably be rather covering a game that everybody cares about. Yeah. But there's no better place to be, like, physically. So, like, just enjoy it if you're going. Um, and try to win. It's a wonderful thing to watch on TV every year. I, I wish I was there whenever I watch it. And, you know, if Ohio State can get a Rose Bowl win this year and go off into the, the offseason focusing on how to beat Michigan again, I, I think that they'll be fine, you know. And they've got a lot of talent on their roster and a 2021 class that's a year older and a lot of things that, you know, they have to feel good about. It's like, I know that it feels like the end of the world right now, and there's not a lot to feel good about after what happened in November, and rightfully so. But they still are very well built as a program. Mm. And if their defensive coordinator is a hit, C.J. Stroud continues to develop. You got Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming and all these young receivers. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot to feel good about. So, to me, like, if, if Michigan were favored... In next year's game right now, I would take I would take the money or take the points right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just because I, I don't feel like everything that we've talked about for the rivalry for the past seven years has all of a sudden changed as of what happened. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm ranting here or whatever, but, like, it's just I don't know if Ohio State's got to play better to cover two defense and contain right. their slot receivers, like, inter- interesting at all because it's just like this game is just like blah to me. Yeah. No, I think I think that's right, and and, and I do think maybe at some point next week we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the game because I'm going to be at LA. We got a couple of shows before then, but um, I kind of feel the same way. I'm not sure how much people are interested in like really digging in on this game. And if you're listening to this and like we're way off, like shoot me a tweet or an email or whatever and tell me I'm wrong. But but that's kind of the vibe I get too. I think everyone's kind of like you know play the Rose Bowl, win the Rose Bowl because you want to win the Rose Bowl. But I think everyone's got got you know, an eye and a half looking toward, toward next year. Not really at, the, at this game in particular. Um, but you did hit on something there. I'm going to jump ahead uh, a couple questions because Mohammed sent in a question uh, that you kind of hit on. He asked, which freshman do you predict might show some promise in the Rose Bowl and establish themselves as potential starters for next year? And I think that's – you have to do some projecting there and who we think, like, might not play because we don't, we don't know that officially just yet. But uh, I, There's I, one name that, that jumped out to me. Is it because you think Garrett Wilson's not going to play? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Are we sure Olave's going to play? Uh, n- no, not sure that Olave's going to play. I feel better about him playing than I do about Wilson playing. Why? Uh, mostly because, well, this might sound counterintuitive. We were supposed to talk to Chris Olave last week, and we didn't because he was, like, working out and couldn't get out to talk to us. So the fact that, like, he was, like, scheduled to do an interview with us and talk about the Roosevelt and stuff leads me to believe that he was at least considering playing. Um, Garrett Wilson was not scheduled to talk to us, and um, I just I just don't think he's going to play, even though he hasn't announced it yet. Yeah. Um, 
to take your Utah points. I know. I think Omeka Ibuka might have a chance. Yeah, I, I think pick pick your young receiver. I guess Julian yeah. Fleming's technically not a, a freshman. He's a, a sophomore by because he played more than four games last year. But I, I would consider him a freshman too. So any one of those guys, Ibuka, Harrison, Fleming, like whoever plays the most uh, in place of, of Garrett Wilson, and especially if Olave doesn't play, like multiple guys could play. And honestly, even if those guys did play, I don't think they'd play their normal like snap allotment. I think they'd spread it out a little more because you do in, in a game like this, I think you want to protect guys that have first round draft pick stock. I think that's like kind of the fair thing yeah. to do. So um, I think, I think there will be more snaps to be had for, for these young receivers in this game. So I think that's the natural place you go. Um, Julian Fleming was a guy who started in Garrett Wilson's place against Nebraska, which like maybe that's not a thing, but I actually and thought that last was last year in the big 10 championship game too. He was played really well. I thought, yeah. And I think, I think like he is, I think in the coaching staff's mind, like he's the guy who's next up as long as he can stay healthy and, and be in a position where he's able to play. Um, and as far as I know, he is, and he, and he has been for like the latter part of, of this season. So I, I would think he'd get the first crack at it, but I also think they're going to spread things out in a way that all three of those guys, uh, and maybe even Jaden Ballard can, can get on the field in a way that they've not really played much this year. Um, in terms of who might really like show the most promise, I like Ibuka as a pick. I think he's got some explosion to him maybe that, that perhaps those other guys don't have. And we've seen some of that with the way he returns kickoffs. Um, and I'd like to see him get a chance to return kickoffs in, in the Rose Bowl. Uh, if he's healthy, healthy enough to do so. So I think Ibuka is a good pick. Um, really, like elsewhere, I don't, I don't even know where you look. Like maybe defensive tackle, if uh, if like Haskell Garrett doesn't play and maybe Tyleek Williams can play some more or Mike Hall can play some more, I think those might be two guys. Um, but other than that, I think the, the other freshmen we've kind of seen, right, it's like Denzel Burke and it's JT Tuimolowau, Jack Sawyer. Um, I don't know if any of those young corners are going to get to play because Denzel Burke is going to play, and, and I think Cameron Brown is, is probably going to play, and he's coming back next year. So I, I think it's not like a showcase for, for Ja'Kalen Johnson or, or Jordan Hancock, but pick a receiver or, or maybe a, a defensive tackle I think is probably the best place to look for that. I was going to say Quinn Ewers, but I didn't know if we were allowed to make jokes about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a oh, – Texas is in a bowl game because they stink. I was going to say he could play for Texas in their bowl game. Uh, here's a question from uh, Bill DeFilippo on Twitter. Uh, what is the best fruit, fruit and what is the worst fruit? I know beyond the shadow of doubt what the worst fruit is. What's the worst? Cantaloupe. My worst was honeydew, which is like kind of the same thing. Yeah, whatever the low barrel orange. Uh, what, how would you even describe whatever that? you pick, whatever you pick around in the fruit salad? Yeah. Yeah, the fruit salad that you get at a low-rent restaurant for $3 that's overdone with whatever color. Uh, it's awful. The, can- the like cantaloupe shit. is the orange one, and the honeydew is like the greenish one, both of them. Suck. Yeah, they're both the same. Yeah. They, whatever, Whichever one you want to pick, it, it's the one that's the bottom of the barrel fruit salad uh, bowl. And I think the best is either banana or um, grapes. My best is a honey crisp apple. Yeah, I mean apple too. Yeah, but specifically a honey crisp. Well, those those apples are like the size of your head. Yeah, yeah. and then you bite into it, and it's like you're drinking a gallon of apple juice. It's great. You, I typed in because uh, I like have to. Whenever anybody asks a question like that, I have to Google it <laughs> to make sure I don't forget anything. And the first one that came up was best and worst fruit for diabetes. So. <laughs> that's the- <laughs> 
The low sugar one. So let's yell. So let's yell more at each other about which fast food fries are better. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, uh, worst fruit is a tomato because you're a vegetable girl. Um, let's see. Question from uh, Zachary Pop: Who will have a breakout season next year due to thriving in the new defense under Jim Knowles? Who you got? Oh man. I don't know. I think we talked a little bit about the possibility of like Jack Sawyer playing that kind of hybrid spot up front, right? Yeah, and um, it's just like the defensive alignment in my mind, like based on what you saw from the Oklahoma State stuff. It's just like, do we believe that Ohio State's actual defensive strategy is going to be 100% different? Like when I read this question, I think to myself, like Ohio State's going to have – more defensive backs on the field or more defensive linemen on the field based on whatever. And it's just like, I don't know that it's going to be ultimately that different. I think on the back end, a lot of it's going to look familiar. Um, and I'm not um, I'm not really a, like an expert in coverages, and I don't try to pretend to be, but from everything I read about it, it seems like there's a lot of carryover from what Jim Knowles does or from what Matt Barnes was trying to do this year to what Jim Knowles does. So I don't I don't think much of that will, will look drastically different next year. There'll, there will be some times when Ohio State lines up with like three deep safeties under Jim Knowles that, that they really haven't done this year. But once the ball is snapped, they get into, into some stuff that, that I think more or less will look familiar. Um, but in terms of what could be drastically different, I think it's the front, right? I think I think a lot of times that front's going to look like a three-down front, even if it's actually a four-down front, and that and that hybrid position with the way Knowles moves it around is going to be something that's a little different than I think what Ohio State fans are accustomed to. The other side of that is as well, like he's going to be coaching against different offenses in the Big Ten, so I, I don't think we can just assume that everything we saw from Oklahoma State is just going to be copied and brought to Columbus. I think I think he'll have to make some adjustments based off playing teams that, that run the ball more and play in heavier personnel packages and that kind of stuff. But um, even, even with that said, I do think that that position, the Leo position or whatever they're going to call it here, the, the Jack linebacker position, um, whether that's Jack Sawyer, or more of like a linebacker type, like a, I don't know Mitchell Melton or even C.J. Hicks if he can play right away. I think I think that's where you look to try to find someone who's the not one a person yet. I was going to say is C.J. Hicks. Yeah, like I thought maybe depending on how things go, you might get that explosive linebacker slash hybrid type guy on the field as soon as you can. Yep, I think that's right. It's like and that, but I don't know if that is schematic for me or if it's just a new coordinator coming in and saying, you know what, that guy's really awesome. I didn't have this type of talent somewhere else. Let's get this kid on the field. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know if I, to me, hiring a new coach is as exciting for his new set of eyes on the people that you have on the team Absolutely. as it is for the scheme that they're going to mm-hmm. change. And it's like every single time Ohio State brings in a new a new position coach, and I remember vividly when when Al Washington came up, and got hired, we wrote all these stories about, well, Al Washington is a new set of eyes, and he's going to, you know, look through his his roster and start evaluations from ground zero and whatever and all this stuff, and it was just like the same guys played. So sometimes it's kind of a letdown. But my idea is Jim Knowles comes in, he tweaks the way that the alignment defensively looks while also giving new players a chance to play because – you know, to me, C.J. Hicks is one of the best players in the country and should be able to play right away. And the players, if he's if he's playing linebacker position in front of him, which ones would you say are definitively better than him right now, other than maybe 
Steel Chambers. Like, I don't yeah. know, like, what linebacker is going to keep him off the field. So I think that would be, like, the the easiest pick, but also, like, not because I think uh, anything about the X's and O's is going to be the thing that gets him on the field. I just think he's really good. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And, and actually, uh, last week, Court Williams was kind of saying something similar. Like, he's excited about the idea of having fresh eyes on the defense. I think Court Williams is pretty clearly a guy who feels like he should have played more last year. And I think maybe the flashes we saw of him, that that's probably true, especially that Michigan State game. I thought he played really well. And so he's another guy maybe that could be an answer to this question. I don't really know where he'd fit positionally in, at one of those safety spots, or maybe he's a linebacker, or maybe he's a hybrid of some kind. I, I, maybe that's that's not the point, like you said. It's just, does Jim Knowles get out there in, in January and February and March and just kind of like assesses the talent and sees guys like Court Waves and think, well, I got to find a spot to get that guy on the field. Even though he wasn't on the field last year, he's got to play this year because he's one of our best 11 players. So I, I think that kind of thing is very much on the table and that opens the door right to 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 being really anybody on the roster regardless of how much they've played um, when, when trying to answer a question like this but I think you think of like guys who could show out in a way that makes them look like explosive athletes I think CJ Hicks would be a good one because he'll be enrolling early mm-hmm. Court Williams is a good one um I don't know I feel like, like if he was still on the roster I think like Craig Young would have been a really good one um but he's he's transferring and he's he's actually going to Kansas now he announced that last week that he's transferring to Kansas so um but there are definitely got. I mean, there there are a lot of guys. I think in that that hybrid linebacker mix and, and up front on the defensive line too, who I think could be a, a reasonable answer to this question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. From Zach uh, Eisel on Twitter, uh, what's your favorite type of pizza? Since Zach Meisel? <laughs> yeah. Um, is it style of pizza or type of pizza? Whatever. Go whichever, whichever way you feel. Well, I know what yours is. Yeah. Landis is a big proponent of the Detroit style. Been on a huge kick. Which, I think, which is interesting because you were such a East Coast style snob when we were in Ohio together. I, know. I think um, uh, living living in the Midwest has, has really taken a toll on me. Our friend Dan Rubenstein from the Solid Verbal seems to make a very good Detroit style pizza. Like I test one. I've seen I've seen the photos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna try to go up there and profile the Solid Verbal guys. Like, I'm going to, like, pitch that idea sometime in 2022. I think it might be good. And the only reason why I'm doing that is because I want to go smash all of his pizzas. <laughs> so it's like, why don't we just both do our favorite style and then our favorite toppings? Okay. How's that? That's cool. So is your favorite style um, Detroit style? Like, are you going to say that now, or is it still East Coast style? I think it, I think it is. I, I think this might be a thing that is a bit cyclical for me, but uh, at the moment it is Detroit style, yeah. Okay, can I ask you a question to help me out here? Mm-hmm. What is the style of pizza of Spinatos? Um, I would probably just call that like a 
it's like a square cut, but it's like a thicker square cut than you'd find in, in places in the Midwest. It's not like, and it's not as thick as a Sicilian. So I don't know. I, I, I would say that's more of like a traditional pizza dough is maybe you're accustomed to if you got pizza on the East coast, but it is cut in, into squares rather than triangles. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like pizza. That's the type of pizza that's got the consistency where it's cut into squares. Yeah. Um, the best. And I like, I very much like the Columbus style, Midwest style, cracker style pizza. I also love um, St. Louis style pizza when I had it. I thought Emo's was excellent. And I know that people hate it for some reason, but I thought it was good. Um, and also my my favorite top of my favorite type of pizza is um, toppings wise as I grow older is like I'm more concerned about the pizza being good and it just being cheese. Interesting. Than masking the pizza with 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 toppings. Now, obviously, I think the most elite topping combo you can have is pepperoni, sausage, mushroom. Mm-hmm. But sometimes these pizza places have shitty sausage and you don't want to mess around with that. Yep. And sometimes they take canned mushrooms and put them on there. So like you have to like know what you're ordering. Um and um Cheese to me, I think, is the true litmus test. Like if I were the Dave Portnoy, always doing the 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 pizza reviews type person, I would only do a cheese because that way you can't master pizza with toppings. That's interesting. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I think you need to judge judge any pizza by by sort of its base base level. Um, but I I don't think I ever order straight up cheese pizza. I did get a pizza the other night that was basically a straight up cheese pizza, but it was made with vodka sauce, and that was really good. Um, but I, I go with you. I, I'm the pepperoni sausage mushroom guy. That's my that's my go to. I do like a buffalo chicken pizza, but I almost don't consider it pizza. If I'm if I'm getting talking what I consider like pizza, it's it's definitely pepperoni sausage and mushroom all day. Yeah. I I here's the thing about pizza, buddy. I love them all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like when you and I get into arguments about food just because i'm passionate that one thing is better than the other doesn't mean that i won't go smash wendy's right now like if wendy's is in front of me like i think it tastes okay like there's people who say it doesn't taste good and that's wrong right right like dave ubbin said he doesn't like chilies he doesn't think it tastes good it's like that's like the weirdest take i've ever heard in my entire life you might not like chilies if you have applebee's or texas roadhouse or another restaurant to choose from but you walk into Applebee's and go, I can't eat anything on the menu here because it all tastes bad. Like, what are we doing? Like, every fast food place tastes good. Every pizza tastes good. I'm not going to discriminate. I would have a pizza bagel right now if I could. Oh, that sounds good. Um, actually, you should go over to Blocks and get one. They're really, really good there. I'm not in Columbus, man. Although I'm sure I can find one here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet you could, if you tried really, really hard, you could find a pizza the, the, bagel the deli in Philadelphia. I got, the deli I got corned beef from the other night has pizza bagels on the menu. And go there. Yeah. Next question. Uh, from Coconut Pete on Twitter. Uh, this question is going to sound out of the blue, but I'll explain it in a second. He says, can Diamante Trianum play linebacker? And you might be asking yourself, who the hell is that? And why they, why is Coconut Pete asking about him? I know who that is. Yes. He is a transfer from Arizona State from uh, Akron Hoban. Uh, class of 2020, I believe. Let me double check that. Yeah. 
who is in the transfer portal and uh, a couple different Ohio State outlets, uh, I think Buckeye Scoop and Letterman Rowe both, uh, reporting that he is a transfer target for Ohio State, but not as a running back but rather as a linebacker. He played running back at Arizona State. He had almost 700 yards rushing in 13 games, um, average over five yards carry. He's a good running back uh, in in so much as that I uh, drafted him in our Devi Keeper League over the summer because I thought he was going to be a good NFL running back. And now it sounds like he might just switch the linebacker in college, which means it was a waste of a draft pick for me, so I'm really happy about that. Um, but what do you make of Ohio State potentially trying to pull a steel chambers with Diamante Triano? I uh, think that fast at like ever since Darren Lee went to Ohio State as a quarterback and then turned into this like fast freak that ran all over the field was very athletic. I was used to having the ball in his hand. Like that's been like my entire thing. Yeah. Like I've always liked the idea of go after an offensive skill position player who's thick as hell and will run somebody over, but also has the ability to keep up with receivers and coverage. Can make an interception when the ball's near him and can like blow plays up. And it's like, how do you do you find the great linebacker that way? Or do you um, go find another position and make him a linebacker? It's just like, I don't know. Like, C.J. Hicks played linebacker in high school, and he's, like, the most explosive player that they have at that position in multiple years. But, like, I like the idea of if you need a linebacker and he wants to try it, I would go. Like, I mean, that's the type of thing that, like, Luke Fickle would have the vision for, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, C.J. Hicks did play, like, basically every position on both sides of the ball at at, uh, Kettering Alter. Um so he's that kind of player, even though he's more known for being a defensive guy. It, it is interesting. Uh, they did Ohio State recruited him out of out of Akron Hoban, but I think when he was going through that process, it actually is quite similar to Steel Chambers. I think like I think he just always saw himself as a running back, and Ohio State didn't really recruit him that way. I think Ohio State was one of the schools kind of recruiting him exclusively as a linebacker because they and other programs saw that as a kind of a bigger upside position for him, even though he is a good running back. So um, as much as I think you don't want to fall into a pattern of just turning running recruiting backs. too many guys <laughs> well too many recruiting too many guys out of position is probably a problem too right so. but i don't i i wouldn't say that if they get him and he does play linebacker that he's out of position because this is a spot where people kind of envision him being fr- from the jump he just kind of chose a different path and went to arizona state to play running back so he's a really good athlete he's not the biggest guy in the world he's like five foot eleven um which is probably rather undersized for for a linebacker but Again, like you said, in, in the mold of having just like an explosive, aggressive athlete on your defense and adding some more speed to a position that I think Ohio State really needs in a flux of speed, uh, a linebacker, um, I can see it. I can, I can see the vision there, even if it's like, okay, we're doing this again where we're addressing a need at linebacker with a guy who wasn't playing linebacker for the first two years of his college career. Like, I get that's not ideal, but doesn't mean it won't work. Um, and it worked out pretty well with, with Steel Chambers. Um, and if it if it goes this way with with Trianum, I think it would be interesting to monitor at the very least. Um, question from Austin Ward, not the Letterman Row Austin Ward, a different Austin Ward. He was he made sure to make that clear uh, in the email that he sent in. <clears throat> he asked, uh, "How much confidence should we have in a secondary considering Den- Denzel Burke is coming back, and now Cameron Brown announced that he's returning at cornerback? Um, and then, how do you feel about the depth at corner with Terrence Brooks flipping out and not getting Elias Ricks, who's going to Alabama?" Um, it says it feels like there's a wide range of possibilities when it comes to potential of the secondary over the next two to three years. So I guess let's let's get those those first two questions there. How do you feel about corner now that Cameron Brown's coming back, and how do you feel about the depth back there overall? There were some rumbles that Cameron Brown was leaving in the middle of the year. I think we were texting. I thought he that. was like, like a week ago. I yeah. asked me. I said I thought he was leaving. So I think like well, I mean he had like not a very high uh, catalog of reviewable tapes for NFL GMs anyway, right? So. 
Like the idea is that I think that he's been super explosive, but also plagued by injury and hasn't really been able to, you know, put together a string of a, a season and a half or two seasons where he's played very well. And it's like, to me, I feel like Denzel Burke might be the best cornerback in college football in a year. Um, so like to me, to have those two guys back in the fold and knowing exactly who your guys are there, um, you're in a very good position from, you know, a nuts and bolts type of place if you're Jim Knowles, right? And the other thing too is that Ohio State has a lot of young, very talented players in their secondary. And there's a lot of options. And it's just like, I don't want to blindly get back into the same trap that we got into this year. But like at Ohio State, when you have a lot of options, that's usually good recipe for figuring it out, especially for a person that assembled one of the best defenses in college football uh, without a team that's even remotely as talented as this one. Uh, Playing against teams that are, are probably pretty similar to the bulk of the Big Ten schedule. So like to me, I feel like I would be very bullish on uh, on that secondary and what they're able to accomplish, especially because the two hardest positions to fill, which is true cornerback, are already locked up. Yeah, and I, and I think the way that Jim Knowles wants to play defense, like you, re- you really need dudes out there who can just kind of hold up in man coverage and you don't have to worry about them. Um, and, and I think that Denzel Burke and Cameron Brown both kind of have the traits you're, you're looking for there. Cameron Brown just got to stay healthy. It's kinda, It's been the MO with him throughout his entire career he missed all the 2020 season basically uh he was very much in and out of the lineup this past year um part of the year like playing with a knee brace on um obviously coming back off the achilles from two years ago uh, i think uh he might have had one other injury too i think in the course of the season that just kind of you know he was never a stalwart in the lineup which is why you saw seven banks out there quite a bit and um even legend cavazos at, at times so um as long as cam can stay healthy i think i think it's great for ohio state secondary i would feel really good about that position but um, and even if he's not, even if he's not, not a guy who's going to log, you know, 50 defensive snaps a game, if you have him back, you have Denzel Burke back, and you think that J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock are going to become what we would assume they'd become based on the recruiting rankings, I think you're in a pretty good spot there at corner, even though it does sting to lose Terrence Brooks. And, and I know people were unhappy to see that Elias Ricks did actually end up going to Alabama. So um, and, uh, I'll be curious to kind of see and compare, like, what Terrence Brooks does as a freshman and what Eli Ricks does at Alabama to to what Ohio State has here. Um, but I think Ohio State is, is still left in a pretty good spot with, with the guys they have here in Columbus. Uh, two more questions. One is nonsense. One is about football. Uh, first, the nonsense. From Peter Sherman on Twitter, uh, do you guys have any hot takes on peppermint-flavored things? I bit into a brownie recently thinking it was a regular fudge brownie, but it had peppermint sprinkled in. It was an unpleasant experience for me. I think that it's good. I just think it would suck to not anticipate it. Yes. I could, so like it, yeah. So like if you put in that situation, like I like a good York peppermint patty. That's my favorite candy. Oh, like overall, like a yeah. first round draft pick in July is York peppermint patty? All day. Yep. I like, and I don't know if they're, is, it, is this technically peppermint? Those Andes chocolates that have like that green layer in the middle of it you know what i'm talking I about had, i had a, a five minute internal conversation with myself when i saw this question about whether andy's mints for peppermint and i don't have those are delicious they're great yeah they're great yeah yeah um is there a distinction between peppermint and mint? just mint i don't know <laughs> probably my grandma uh my grandma on my dad's side always used to have andy's in a bowl uh at her house and that's one of my memories that i'll always have of her yeah. because it was just like also, the genesis of my weight problem. <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, Andes is like a top five candy. And like I've actually seen like in Target recently that Andes has like big bars now. Have you noticed that? I have, yeah. I've, and that's dangerous. Yeah. Because I've, I've, you used to have to like unwrap them individually and it was a very small chocolate. And you had to like eat like nine of them to get satisfied. <laughs> and now it's just like you can you can just smash it. Um, that's, that's good. But 
I like it. I think it tastes good. I want to expect it though. Yeah, I, I get that uh, sentiment. Have you had the um, the peppermint milkshake from Chick Fil A ever? No, I'm not a big milkshake person. It's I, I I like them, but I never go out of my way to order them. It's got, I think it has like little pieces of candy cane in it, which might yeah, sound awful. That doesn't sound appetizing. I like. To me. I'm a yeah. big candy cane guy too. So you like actual sucking on candy canes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that's not my bag, but because then you can turn them into a weapon. They get pointy and you can stab people with them. Yeah, I like uh, savory, not sweet. I'm I'm very much similar in a lot of ways, but uh, you know the can- the candy cane and the peppermint flavored candies is kind of where I, I deviate, of course. There, yeah, big peppermint I got guy, you. big time peppermint guy. All right, uh, last question. Jordan W sent this in via the Athletic, and he also emailed it in, so he really wants us to answer this question. Uh, would be interested to hear you and Ari rank which five previous Buckeyes you would tab to be the Brian Hartline of the defense. And he says they don't actually have to be coaches currently. He just wants us to name some former defensive players that he we think would make good Personality-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said his number one pick would be Malcolm Jenkins, which I think is really I think Malcolm Jenkins is a really good answer. Great pick, yeah. No, yeah. The, um, Marcus Freeman would be a good pick, too, who I have on my list, yeah. but is unrealistic. Yeah, I uh, didn't make a list until right now, but I have like names that have popped up in my head immediately. You know who I have a few of? Jonathan Cooper. Oh, that's a good one. More recent one I didn't think I th- of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Cooper is an Ohio kid who came in as a five-star prospect. His career didn't go the right way. Then he had a great final year and now is making a lot of money and actually being productive in the NFL, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, also, like, was always super Ohio State first, passionate, smart, nice smile. Like, everything about him, like, I would want to listen to his recruiting pitch. Yeah, that's a good one. He is uh... – when I thought about like guys that Ohio State was missing this year, particularly in the Michigan game, that like just could have, like help them get their shit together, like he was the first guy I thought of. Yeah. Uh, okay, you you want to go back and forth? Yeah, um, I think for a lot of the same reasons, but maybe he had a, he had a little bit more productive career. I think at Ohio State, I said Joshua Perry has been on the show with us a few times. Yeah, that's a good. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I have no idea if Joshua is, is remotely interested in coaching, but I think I think he'd be a good one just based off what I know about him and his ability to connect with people and obviously would be a really good representation for your program as well if he was a coach for for your team. Uh what about Cam Hayward? Really good player. I don't know. I didn't cover him. I don't know much about him, but I've, I've um, respected him as a pro for sure. I mean, I feel like part of Brian Hartline like a, how much of Brian Hartline's success as a recruiter do you think is based on being a recognizable NFL player? Like, do you think it's like 20% or do you think it's 80%? Um, I don't think it's, it's maybe a little bit more than 20. I don't think it's quite 80. I think it's more, I think the NFL stuff helped him get a foot in the door initially, but now it's like the way he develops guys, I think is what matters. So like you, you would want, you would want somebody with a, with a incredible personality or like a, a connectable personality more so than a decorated NFL resume, right? Yeah. Like, to me, Cameron Hayward was, like, the nicest, sweetest guy in the world and then, like, would go on the field and then mash people. And it's just like, I don't, I haven't spoken to the guy in, you know, eight years or however long it's been since he left Ohio State. Uh, but he was always a very nice person. And, like, now watching him just, like, go out there and, you know, epitomize what Ohio State's defense was missing last year, which is, like, hard, smashed mouth, wrecking a team from the interior defensive line and being tougher than everybody else, but also having, like, a nice smile and also, like, being super, like, genuinely nice, I think would be a nice combination. And, like, maybe I'm reaching there and I've said nice smile twice. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know, but, like, I would listen to Cam Hayward's recruiting pitch, too. Yeah. 
I was I was thinking kind of along similar lines to that with like who who's someone who could just like come could come be a coach and like help this defense get back to being a bunch of badasses again. Uh, and I thought of Mike Doss. Yeah. Who's local, um, or at least uh, he was local. I'm actually not sure if he's How much do you think playing 20 years ago makes you qualified to be a coach, though? Like, a lot or a little? Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, playing at Ohio State makes you more qualified to understand defense and and scheme. But, like, I think that coaching is just more than that. Yeah, I think it's more than that. And I also think, too, with the way the sport has changed um, in the last five years, you might want someone who's – maybe not so quite far removed from their playing days in college because it's just a very different sport. And I think athletes um, are different people and, and want different things. And um, maybe and that's not to say that, I mean, Mike Doss has um, family members who are, you know, going through that process or have gone through that process now. So I think he's familiar with that, but um, maybe that's why I got like Joshua Perry or um, Jonathan Cooper in particular, like you said, might be a little more, better suited for like today's quote-unquote today's athlete than guy who played 20 30 years ago yeah um so is it my turn again now i think we can each name like one more yeah i don't know if i want to go way back or way like chris gamble was awesome yeah. but like i've never, i don't even know if he's alive like i don't even like where is <laughs> I don't he know where chris gamble is. um you know who else i think has a nice smile who's that Jordan Fuller. Oh, yeah. Jordan Fuller should – whenever Jordan Fuller is, like, done being an NFL pro for, you know, 15 years, he can come back and coach. Yeah. Um, I guess my critique – or my – like, am I saying that I think that Brian Hartland has a nice smile? He does have a nice smile. He has the whitest smile I've ever seen. Yeah. Teeth-wise. Teeth-wise, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Pepper Johnson like is a coach. I don't know like if you wanted to include him. Um, he, I I think he's still the head coach at IMG. There, I, I'm actually not 100 percent certain on that, but he was at a time very recently the head coach at IMG, and I think he might still be. Um, obviously, a, a very good former Ohio State defensive player. Um, and then the last one was James Laurinaitis, which I think is like one a lot of people think of. And I know James before has talked about like his desire to get in the coaching, and is like on the record saying if Ohio State ever came to him and asked him to be a coach, it'd be a really hard thing for him to turn down. Um, I don't know if that's happened. Uh, maybe his his view on that has changed. I think he said that a couple of years ago. Um, but but clearly a guy who I think understands ball, understands today's athletes, um, I think would be a really good recruiter, has, has name recognition, um, and I think would be really good at it if he ever wanted to get into it. Yeah, that'd be good. And it's like also like Brian Hartline – I think genuinely cares about the players that he's recruiting, you know, and like seems to really enjoy it. And I think I wanted to say that it is underselling a little bit how hard it is to be such a dynamic recruiter by just naming other people that have cool personalities and are good. Um, I think that Brian Hartline has something special and like personally believe that he could be a head coach someday. Um, That said, it's just like really hard to duplicate. And there have been a lot of former players and a lot of Buckeyes who have coached on this defense that an offense that aren't very good um, or aren't dynamic the way that he is. And I think that like part of that is just because he's really good at it, you know? Yeah, it's not like he's uh, – It's not just like, oh, he played at Ohio State and is nice. You know, it's right. It's more than that. Yeah, he's uh, – he's re- I think he's a really sharp football mind. And in, in addition to all the other things he brings to the table, I think there's – 
I don't think you just assume that every guy who's like fun to talk to and was a good player can automatically become a good coach. I think oftentimes that person doesn't become a great coach because I think it's hard to um, maybe separate yourself from like the player that player that you were and um, project that on the other people. And, and I think like we, there's been lots of stories written about like a lot of the greatest coaches weren't necessarily great players. Um, so for Brian Hartline to be what looks like, you know, both, I think is kind of a rare fee for him. So I wouldn't just expect every, every former Buckeye that you love to be able to do the same thing. Um, but it is fun to think about. And I do think maybe it wouldn't hurt Ohio state to have another Buckeye on its coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think it would help. All right. We'll wrap up there. Thank you guys so much uh, for sending in your questions. Really appreciate it. Um, again, if you ever want to submit a question four to six, a B at gmail.com, you can hit either one of us up on Twitter um, or subscribe to the athletic, the athletic.com slash four dash six to read questions, submit questions or to read stories, excuse me, and submit questions for mailbags. Uh, this will be only show this week. Um, kind of a later week with the, with the holiday this week. So uh, we hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, get to enjoy some time with your families. And then we'll be back with a couple of shows next week before Ohio State plays Utah in the Rose Bowl. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.